Bird Note presents The last two years have been tough for me, and I'm sure that's been the case for you too. Something that's come from this time is that I've learned to be very intentional about cultivating joy, keeping phone dates with my loved ones, getting up from my computer for a nature walk, singing with the songbirds. Early in the pandemic, making space for this joy sometimes felt a little too, I don't know, self-indulgent. Almost like it was disrespectful, given the hurt and the pain all around me and all of us, frankly. But I soon learned, partially with the help of my bird friends, that embracing these everyday joys gave me something to pull from when I felt joyless, and it gave me joy to spread. Today, I am talking with two people who epitomize this unmitigated joy. Best-selling author Ashley C. Ford and award-winning podcaster Tracy Clayton. They're not experts at all where it comes to birds, but their joy for birds is completely irresistible. Like, Tracy used to co-host this podcast where she would do a segment called Tracy's Animal Corner, and I vividly remember her talking about penguins in one episode. She had all these facts about penguins and their interesting behaviors, and she made a very compelling argument that penguins have souls. It was just so obvious how much curiosity and just glee was there, and it made me more excited about birds. Here's a clip of Tracy on the podcast, Another Round. Let me tell you about the macaroni penguin real quick. These motherfuckers have, like, the most amazing, like, blind weave you've ever seen in your life. Oh, my God. Swear to God. (laughs) Swear to God. So, yeah, today is a little different, a lot of fun and laughs, and maybe some half-truths about an Australian bird battle. And so, without further ado, from Bird Note, this is Bring Birds Back. I'm Tanaja Hamilton, and I am so excited to be here with my two guests today, Tracy Clayton, host of podcast Back Issue and Netflix's Strong Black Legends. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excited. Excited. I'm so happy. Me too. And also, Ashley C. Ford, writer of the acclaimed memoir, Somebody's Daughter. How's it going, Ashley? It's a good day. It's a good day to be here. Yes. And talk about birds. How often do you get to, like, outside of, like, the Twitter sphere, talk about birds? You mean talk about birds and have people listen to me and maybe enjoy it? <laughs> Very often. <laughs> I talk about birds all the time, whether I'm with somebody or not. But rarely does anybody say, hey, Chase, what do you think about the, this bird in particular? So this is, this is a treat for me. <laughs> the same is probably true for me. I wanted to interview Tracy and Ashley together because they're friends. Tracy loves to tease Ashley, and as she puts it, she is Ashley's personal nemesis. And I also, I'm from Fort Wayne. Oh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So the Fort Wayne, stop. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, my mic on. Hot mic. Hot mic. <laughs> and to start off, I had a tweet of Tracy's pulled up. Mm, receipts. You tweeted, and I quote, Okay. I know more about birds than you do. <gasps> I was feeling particularly cocky that day. I think it, it depends on whom I was talking to, honestly. <laughs> like, I know some stuff about birds. What is your favorite bird fact? I just, I need to know what you know. 
my favorite bird fact is that crows will remember your face. And if they do not like you, they will tell all their homies. And the next time they see you, they'll be like, yo, there you go right there. That's the one I was talking about. You cross a crow once, ain't no recrossing, said crow. There's none. And I like this fact because I do think it's so amazing that if, you know, crows like you and they love you, they'll bring you gifts. My number one goal in life is to befriend a crow and just get a gift, like just one gift. I mean, the gift of friendship, of course. Yeah. It's more than enough if crows are listening. But to impress <laughs> my friends, I really just like bring me like a little, a little shiny pebble, maybe. What about you, Ashley? What's your favorite bird fact? Emus in and of themselves won a war against Australia. <laughs> Australia went to war with emus and lost. They lost the war. Can I get like a synopsis of... Like, I know, I, I know that it happened, but I'm still like, what? So basically what happened was that emus were increasing at a wild rate. Mm-hmm. And they were eating a lot of the rare vegetation at that time that was available to people. And so they were like, hey, we are going to cull the emu population so that they don't decimate our crops. And they went out to uh, with these emus where the emus live. Mm-hmm. And the emus said, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, pushed the troops back. <laughs> the troops had to retreat. They held the line. They held the line. They couldn't get through the emus because the emus was like, they were on some shit that Australia was not ready for (laughs) and uh, I tell you what I'm not saying that it wouldn't be the same today all I'm saying is Australia never tried it again (laughs) all it took was once they didn't they didn't go get stuff and come back (laughs) they said "We'll, we'll figure it out so Ashley you're in Indiana correct yes yes and Tracy you're in New York I am and I'm really curious about how your birding experiences could be similar and different. Like, these are two very different places, two different habitats. Yeah. And also, birding looks different in these two places. So what has your birding experience been like in Indiana? Start with Ashley. One of the birds that I like the most are cardinals. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of cardinals here. The official bird of Kentucky. Just wanted to say that. Yes. Also, Ball State University. You know what? But who's talking about who? Who? Who got here first, Ashley? You know what? Just go ahead. Uh-huh. With you. Okay. <laughs> Stealing people's state birds. It's messed up. <laughs> uh, so anyway, like the good Hoosier I am, love a cardinal. Uh, There's also a lot of hawks here. And one of the things that I've been able to see here a couple of times that I forget happens is uh, bald eagles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why in my head they're extinct. In my head, they're all gone. And I know that that's not true. But I think when we were like kids, so many people were like, we got to protect the bald Mm -hmm. eagle. Like it'll go extinct. That, like, in my head, like, I never expect us to keep anything from going extinct. If they say it's about to go extinct, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, humans are, they're not going to say that. You out of here. You out of here, bud. 
So the fact that we saved the bald eagle is wild to me because I'll be like, oh, sh-. like I'll be thinking, did I just see the last one? And I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> Memorialize this event. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> bald, bald eagles are back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> so Tracy in New York City and, you know, Lots of skyscrapers, there are some green spaces, but largely, I guess what you would be doing is called urban birding. Mm -hmm. So what's your birding experience been like? So up here, I've found that you have to be a lot more resourceful when it comes to your birding because I see pigeons and I see seagulls and in the morning I get to hear crows. That's kind of it in my neighborhood, you know, (laughs) like Ashley was saying, like sometimes my mom who lives in Louisville will send me a picture, a bad picture, albeit, but a picture of like a (laughs) hawk or a falcon in the backyard. And she's like, oh, I saw this today. And up here, you really have to kind of make do, but that has increased my appreciation of pigeons so Mm. much more. I can sit and watch a flock of pigeons for I do not know how long. And these aren't like, I'm not like, I'm not in like a park, right? Where there's like a flock of pigeons and like you're feeding them and all that stuff. I'm on like, a street corner in like <laughs> an armchair that for some reason has been placed outside on Flatbush Avenue. <laughs> and I'm like watching pigeons like just flying around a bodega. And I'm just like, look at Francine. What's Francine doing? Oh, is this her man? Francine, uh-oh. Somebody coming back to the roots, girl. What you gonna do? You know? So it's really made me appreciate what's immediately outside my window. Mm. And that's pigeons, which is great because not enough pigeon love on the planet. Not enough. And I think you kind of underscored what is so important and what's kind of special about bird watching because it's been for so long, this very kind of elitist thing. It's so mm-hmm. when you talk about like looking out your window, who's who's hanging around out here? Who's on my windowsill? Right. And, you know, what, what are their dynamics? What's Petunia up to? Like you said, like that is mm-hmm. super valid, absolutely bird watching. And I think one of the main ways we're going to get more people to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, because when you think about it, it's just like, first of all, I think it's amazing that we share the planet with other animals anyway. It's just like there are other beings that like breathe and they communicate. I just think that's so wild. And it's like, how could you not be into that? How could you not want to just like sit and look at a frog and be like, yo, you mad alive right now? Isn't this crazy? I'm sharing space with a frog, you know? Mm-hmm. And Pigeons and sparrows, like little brown sparrows hit me the exact same way. It's just like, oh my gosh, you also have a heart. It's just behind some feathers. Like how, how? It's fascinating to me. And like, you can do that with literally any animal, any animal. Absolutely. Yeah. Get to know them behind their feathers. That's the moral of this here story. (laughs) (laughs) Pivoting from birds that we love to... Ashley, you're scary birdless. And from what I what I know of this, you think that everybody should have a personal scary birdless. Say more about that. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, I think, should have a bird list of at least five birds that you're scared of. Because I think, first of all, it's very important to humble yourself Mm. and to understand where you actually lie on the food chain. You know what I'm saying? That does make a lot of sense about why one should have 
a healthy fear. You should have a healthy fear. You should know what's going on. You should know your surroundings. You should know your fears. Interrogating your fears is already good for you. And interrogating the birds that you are personally afraid of, that's the key word there. When I talk about having a bird list, I always call it a personal bird list. (laughs) Your bird list doesn't have to look like my bird list. Ashley's personal list is shoebill storks, emus, harpy eagles, cassowaries, and marabou storks. And I gotta say, those are some terrifying birds. Tracy's also afraid of harpy eagles and cassowaries. And the Philippine eagle is kind of too intense looking for her, even though she loves it. But for Tracy, one group of birds is at the top of her scary bird list. Owls. First of all, they just have a good PR agent. Like whatever firm they signed with, hitting because people think that owls are smart. They're not even that smart. They're creepy. And when I say creepy, like imagine your dog eats an animal. Mm-hmm. Later on, he's going to throw it up encased in like a pebble. You're going to chill out with the dog? You're not going to take the dog to like a priest or a vet or something? That's weird. It's not a weird... It's, a priest or a vet, those are your two options. <laughs> One of the two. It's a good starting place, is what I think. Um, and also, I just think, like, snowy owls, the little barn owls, like, y'all are cute. Y'all are okay. A great horned owl? Absolutely not. You look like the face of Satan himself. Wow. Ashley, is this a consensus? You seem like you are not messing with the owls either. Uh-uh. Because, listen... Harry Potter is messing with us because we look at Hedwig and we're thinking about that owl. Mm. And Hedwig is a great owl. Hedwig looks so friendly and fluffy and amazing, but she's absolutely right. When you look at a great horn owl Mm -hmm. in the eyes, which I have, um, (laughs) there's no sympathy there. There's no compassion. Mm -mm. There is only... uh, Predator, if you wasn't so big, you'd be down my throat right now. That's right. That's all it says. And that's okay. That's okay. That's your DNA. That's how you evolve. That's who you are. But it's not particularly comforting to me. That's true. It's not. It's not at all. Owls are evil and terrible. We don't talk to them. That is the too long didn't read. So, Ashley, I'm wondering, like, what did your mentions look like? Because I feel like people are probably like, no, like, this bird is... Actually, I'll tell you this. Every ornithologist who saw my bird list was with me, okay? (laughs) They understood what I was talking about. They understood where I was coming from and why I was scared of these birds. Other people had their own personal reasons for, like, oh, I got bit by a goose when I was five. And it's like, yeah, that's really sad, but, like... Geese are not on my bird list because I grew up in the Midwest. And yes, while those things are evil, I'm not scared of no goose. And I've had to fight goose to get to work in them. Okay? Like, that's the kind of life that I've lived. So a goose is not on my bird list. A goose could never see my bird list. Okay? (laughs) You said that just like a ghostbuster. I ain't afraid of no goose. Like, it is beautiful. <laughs> That's how I feel. Goosebusters, too. Well, I guess we're gonna have to, to take good job. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this makes, I, I'll, all I'll say is, like, this makes a lot of sense and why you make the distinction that it is a personal list. Yes. And it seems like it's just, like, 
stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Like, no. That's basically no it. around. That's basically mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, we all, there's a certain amount of danger that exists in the world just in reality. And being aware of it doesn't have to be a scary, awful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, being aware of it actually, to me, makes me less afraid. Yeah. Okay? Because I don't have to right, worry right, about right, right. seeing something in my yard and I'm like, oh, that's a funny looking bird. That thing on its head looks like a fin. It's almost like a dinosaur. <laughs> I wonder oh, if maybe, hey, cluck, cluck, come over here, buddy. Cluck, I'll cluck. never do that. Because I'm going to look at it and I'm going to go, that's a cassowary. And that's on my bird list. Lock all the doors. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about being blackbirders and how we fit into this big old bird world. Stick around. Join BirdNote on Wednesday, March 27th for a captivating conversation about the power of photography. A panel of esteemed photographers will share their experiences, breathtaking captures, and insights into how stunning imagery can inspire action for birds. Plus, stick around to hear the winners of BirdNote's 19th birthday photo contest. Register for free at birdnote.org. I'm thinking a little bit about what has been my personal journey as I've become more of a bird person, how I've gotten here and what it's been like. And for me, the pandemic played a big hand in that, right? Nature became a little, it's so cheesy, but like a refuge and a little bit of a safe place it felt like at the time, like being able to watch these creatures and kind of engage with them in this way. I'm sure. I'm wondering, especially seeing as you both have ties to New York City, how it felt to hear about the situation in Central Park with Christian Cooper Mm. and being harassed by this woman when he was out bird watching. Because I know that for me, it pretty immediately made me kind of like recoil and be like, Mm. this is obviously not a safe space for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I definitely am curious to how that felt um, for you both in that time. Mm I'm confrontational, so I kind of, it made me want to, like, go to the park and set my shit up and just be like, I, I wish somebody say something to me. I hope somebody do say something to me. I dare you. I dare you to say it. You, you would be picking the wrong one today, you know? That was my first feeling. And then my second feeling was just sadness because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know... It's like, we can't have nothing. Mm. You, he just wanted to go look at a bird. It's like, <laughs> it was one of those things. It's like, really? We can't have nothing. Just mm. wanting to do regular, degular stuff. Mm-hmm. Not even regular, like, regular, re- like, nerdy regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, it's not even that many of y'all out here. Like, <laughs> you in the minority in your group. Mm-hmm. How dare right. you treat me this way? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's how it feels. It's just, <laughs> ugh. We should be helping each other. We both getting bullied at school. We should so be helping learn. each other. Come on, sis. <laughs> it, it makes me mad how many opportunities we have to, like, work together, come together, have mm-hmm. fun together, celebrate together. And somebody always got to, like, throw a wrench in it. Just because, like, they can't accept the world outside of their own personal experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, can you just stop? It made me really mad. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Tracy, how about for you? Yeah. I think I went instantly too tired because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the pandemic. We're all just trying to find, like, a physical space 
to kind of return to ourselves and find something that feels normal again, right? Like you can't, you can go outside, but not for real. You know, you can't go to your friend's house. You can't, you know, some of us couldn't even travel to go see our parents. It's just like, Mm. I just want one day of peace. I just want to be in a physical space that's not my apartment because I'm tired of this place, you know? Mm-hmm. And so often, I think for black and brown people, escapism is limited depending on where you're trying to escape to, right? Yeah. But it's like, what what do you do in that case? You know what I mean? Like you gonna you gonna go outside and I don't know, fight everybody in Central Park? Ashley might. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm ready. You always need an Ashley on your team. You always. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but like it makes you like okay well what do I do you know is this another space that I can't find refuge in is this a place that's worth me fighting for my own little corner my own little sector and if so do I have the energy for it and the older I get the less energy I have you know what I mean Mm. so it happened and I was like this is messed up I hope the youth got the energy to fix this because yeah that's real I gotta lay down I wanted to just gotta lay down and see what's up with Petunia you know what I'm saying Mm. Yeah, you still loves me, even if the, the white birders in Central Park don't. But two, you do. <laughs> Tracy, you went on Twitter to do like a black birder roll call, mm. and that was a thread that gave me a lot of joy. Uh, it was a lot of people who were like, "I'm not a trained such and such, but I I be noticing," and yeah. I thought that was great. So, what was like, what made you do that, and did that give you a sense of joy? It did give me a sense of joy. I really like to remind people that we exist in every area of this earth, (laughs) this planet, this society, many societies, you know, and sometimes you just want to remind people that, you know, like you're not the only person Mm. who is into this particular thing. It's too many people on the planet for you to be the only one ever. And I was just like, where are my bird people at, basically? You know, like who is... (laughs) Who is brown and likes birds because I don't see none of y'all or I've only seen two of y'all. And that's, I know that's not it. I know that's not enough. And it's just always fun to watch people see themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it's online, even if it's on Twitter, but like people like, oh my gosh, I live here too. And I love birds. Oh, you should go down to this place. And And I'm just like, somewhere on this planet, someone is less alone now. And that makes me feel so good, you know? Yes. (laughs) I remember listening to uh, Tracy's Animal Corner back in the day and just casual conversation and somebody being really interested in something is enough to spark another person's curiosity. So I'm curious if you've ever thought of yourself as bird advocates, um, science communicators, or anything like that. I do now. I'm putting science communicator (laughs) in all of my bios. (laughs) You should. You deserve. I think of myself, I think, as more of like an enthusiast. I do hope to train a raven to be my best friend and to sit on my shoulder and like talk to me and and warn me (laughs) when there are ghosts in the room and stuff. Like I do want that. It's enough just to talk about them and think about them and joke about them. And be part of this fun little world of people who are charmed by these weird little animals. I agree. These are the kind of bird conversations that are most fun to me. It's just like, if if, yeah. <laughs> if one of our former presidents you found out was a bird the whole time, you had the soul of a bird, 
what bird would Rutherford B. Hayes be? You know, like goofy stuff like that. It's a titmouse. Damn, of course. Of course you would know. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think people expect that you have to have a level of knowledge or a level of training. Oh, you like birds? What's the top five scientific genuses? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's cool if you can do that. Most of us can't. But I mean, like, like having interest and curiosity and thoughts about birds, like, is enough. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. I am so excited that this podcast and that you exist. Um, and just, I just love around people liking birds. I know, me too. It's so fun. I've come to think of having joy as an act of resistance. It can also be an accessible on-ramp to figuring out hard things. Hearing Tracy and Ashley talk about birds online in such a fun way laid the foundation for me to care about birds in the first place. And maybe someone will hear this show and in the middle of their rapturous laughter, I'm sure, they'll start caring about birds too. As we come to the end of the season, I just want to reiterate what Tracy said. Having interests, having curiosity, even just having thoughts about birds is enough to make a difference. Bring who you are to birding, whether that's a birder who spies on nests out the window, like me, or one who hikes grand mountains and national parks for the perfect shot. Remember to always treat nature and one another kindly. That's truly it. All that being said, I think there is only one way to end this season. Sam, take it away. Produced by Mark Bramhill and me, Tadajah Hamilton. Sam Johnson is our production assistant and the singer on this year Goosebusters theme. Just incredible. We're edited by Ola Kemi Aladesuyi and Allison Berenger of Rough Cut Collective. Our fact checker is Connor Guerin. Our content director is Allison Wilson. And Nick Byard is our executive director. Scoring is by Cosmo Sheldrake and Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Vicki Merrick, Rekha Murthy, and the whole Bird Note team. BB Bash Pabian, Jason McHugh, Katie Meyer, Jessica Rue France, Zahaya Frazier, and John Kessler. We'll see you next time. When it starts to hiss and everyone jumps, who you gonna call? Goosebusters! If it's got you scared and you got goosebumps, who can you call? Goosebusters! Goosebusters!
afraid no good. 